We're looking through the evidence. And then at the end, we just, we got done. And then we just started looking at the law, what exactly we could find and how we should vote for this case. And the law became very confusing. Yeah, tell me about that. It became very confusing. Um, we had stuff thrown at us. We had um, the second degree murder charge, the manslaughter charge. Then we had self-defense, stand your ground. Um, and I think there was one other one. Um, but the manslaughter case, we actually had gotten it down to manslaughter because um, the second degree it wasn't at second degree anymore. So the person um, who, who felt it was second degree going into it, you would convince them, okay, it's manslaughter. Through, through going through, going through, through the law. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had sent a, a question to the judge, and it was not a question that they could answer yes or no. So they sent it back saying that if we could narrow it down to a question, asking us if... Um, what exactly, not what about the law and how to handle it, but if they could just have an, I guess, I don't know. You, you, you sent a question out to the judge about manslaughter. Yes. And about the and what could be applied to the manslaughter. Um, we were looking at the self-defense. Um, one of the girls said that, asked if you can put all the leading things into that one moment where he feels it's a matter of life or death to shoot this boy um, or if it was just at the heat of passion at that moment. So the, the, that juror wanted to know whether the things that had brought George Zimmerman to that place, exactly. not, not just in the minute or two before the shot actually went off, but exactly. earlier that day, even prior crime? Not prior crimes, just just the the the... the situation leading to it, all the steps, as the ball got rolling, if all that... From him getting, uh, spotting Trayvon Martin exactly. to getting out of his vehicle to falling, whether all of that could play a role in... Determining the self-defense or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like you understood the, the instructions from, from the judge? Because they were very complex. I mean, reading them, they, they, were, they were tough to follow. Right. And that's, that was our problem. I mean, it, it, it was just so confusing what went with what and what we could apply to what. Mm. Um, because, I mean, there, there was a couple of them in there that wanted to um, find him guilty of something. And after hours and hours and hours of deliberating over the law and reading it over and over and over again, we decided there's, there's just no way other place to go. Because of the only the two options you had, second degree murder or manslaughter, you felt neither applied. Right. Well, because because of the heat of the moment and the stand your ground, I mean, he had a right to defend himself. If he felt threatened that he his life was going to be taken away from him or he was going to have bodily harm, um, he had a right. In, so in even the, though it was he who had gotten out of the car, followed Trayvon Martin, that didn't matter in the deliberations. What mattered was that fi those final seconds, minutes when there was an altercation and whether or not, in your mind, what, what the most important thing was whether or not George Zimmerman felt his life was in danger. Well, that's how we read the law. That's how we got to the point of everybody being not guilty. 
So that was the belief of the jury that you had to zero in on those final minutes slash seconds mm -hmm. about the threat that George Zimmerman believed he faced. That's exactly what it happened. So whether it was George Zimmerman getting out of the vehicle, whether he was right to get out of the vehicle, whether he was a wannabe cop, whether he uh, was overeager, none of that in the final analysis mattered. What mattered was those seconds before the shot went off, did George Zimmerman fear for his life? Exactly. That's exactly what happened. And you have no, do you have any doubt that George Zimmerman feared for his life? I had no doubt George feared for his life in the situation he was in at the time. She said she had no doubt at all. Coming up, more of our exclusive interview, Juror B-37. The truth is... the battle for justice, wherever that's it in any part of the world, we can't bring them back. What we can do is we can let our voices be heard and we can vote in our various countries throughout the world to change and equality for everybody. That's what I know we can do. And I know I'm not everybody, I'm just one person. I'm a human being. But for the gift that God has given me, and for whatever I mean, I decided today that until the stand your ground law is abolished in Florida, I will never perform there again. I cannot visually see you, but I can see your spirit. And I can feel your presence. 
here today to share just a few words. Obviously, it is clear that I'm here for every poor man born in the ghetto, for every middle class man born in the middle class, and for every rich man to say that no matter where we might be in class, we are all one people. I'm here to also say to all of you that it is very important for you to, to be calm, to make this historical day, and not just American history, but world history, a day of peace, a day of oneness, a day of celebration, a day of love, a day of brotherhood. For I do believe that, in that we as people of African descent are here and as Africa is the beginning of all civilization, it is now that time that if we come together as one, and we today are sitting at that table of brotherhood that Dr. King talked about, if we come together as one today and commit ourselves as we have and move forward beyond this day to making all of the things that we talk about reality, that in fact we will be the beginnings of all civilizations, of all cultures and all people coming together. So I'm here to celebrate that day. <laughs> this is that day. I too would like to say that this day and this celebration is bigger than any one leader. It is God's plan. I would like to, before leaving, share with you in words and in song. These are the words that I would like to share with you from Conversation Peace. Staring right at 2000 A.D., as if mankind's atrocities to man has no history, but just a glance at life at 2000 B.C., we find traces of man's inhumanity to man. There's no mystery. All for one, one for all. There's no way we'll reach our greatest height unless we heed the call. Me for you, you for me, there's no chance of world salvation lest the conversation's peace. We can't stare, watch, and say, this can't be. When there's a plan by any means to have cleansing of one's ethnicity. And we cannot act as if we don't hear nor see, like in the Holocaust of six million Jews and 150 million blacks during slavery. All for one, 
one for all. There's no way we'll reach our greatest height unless we heed the call. Me for you, you for me. There's no chance of world salvation unless the conversation's peace. When publicly or privately convened, may love, positivity be your basic theme. And should you tr put your trust in some prophet in life, give him trust. But your faith must stay with the one who gave the ultimate sacrifice. For all for one, one for all, there's no way we'll reach our greatest height unless we heed the call. Me for you, you for me. There's no chance of world salvation unless the conversation's peace.
Good evening and blessings, and welcome to another installment of the Gifts of Freedom of Faith. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author, Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. 